0: Have you ever been asked to do the one thing you dreaded most? Often we find ourselves stuck at a crossroads, the place in our journey when we realize that the old way of doing things is no longer working. Learning to pivot brings freedom in life and business. When life provided the opportunity, I left corporate America to start my first business in 2004 while raising my twins. In 2021, we left the only life we had ever known and moved across the country to start over. There were more questions than answers and the road ahead was unclear. However, we decided to let faith, not fear, be our compass. Today, we are building the life of our dreams. With my background in marketing and a decade in the photography industry, I know how to help entrepreneurs shine online and share their challenge with the world. The opportunity to rebuild my business allowed me to transition into a role as a business coach and a personal brand strategist. Join us here each week where we share simple strategies to get you unstuck in life and business and on your way to living the life you've been dreaming of. I am your host, Shalane House, and this is the Educated, Empowered, Inspired Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Educated, Empowered, Inspired Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest, Adam. Adam S. Eskroski is the A-S-K behind Ask Writes, a writing and editing business where he helps people tell their stories. For Adam, writing is a tool to string together stories, share information, and connect people. Adam built his business around two things, lifestyle and love. By creating a business based around his love for writing and storytelling, Adam has been able to help loads of people dive into their own passions and stories. He also managed to build a business while embarking on several multi-month trips around the world. Adam, we are so excited to have you back here today.
1: So awesome to be back. Had such a fun time the first time around, and now we get to go a little more in depth. So Yes, Adam was
0: part of our launch. He was on episode six that came out with the launch series. So we will be sure to link that in the show notes. But make sure you go back and listen to that. But we really invited him back today because we want to do a deeper dive into selling through storytelling because selling through your stories is so powerful and from what i know about adam what i've seen of his work he is an expert in this topic and he can really help us learn more and learn to tell our own stories
1: i hope so it's really important work and it's beautiful when it all comes together and it's it's why i do what i do because i really love it and i really enjoy talking to people, hearing their stories, and then helping them get them out into the world. Well, I
0: can't wait to share your wisdom with our listeners. But before we get to that first question, let's back up and tell everyone how you got here. Where did you start? Just get fill in a little of the gaps that maybe we haven't shared with listeners yet.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And if people go back and they listen to the first kind of mini episode of the launch, you'll certainly get a bit more background. So I don't want to repeat too much. But kind of the cliff version is I wasn't planning on being a writer or a business owner. It's not what I intended to do when I kind of started entering the adult world. Um, I was really immersed in professional academia, uh, specifically my field of anthropology. And I was really intending to Go into that field and and achieve my PhD and stay in professional academia and research and publish and teach and and live my life in that world. And it's a world I'm still really passionate about. I think it's really important. The stuff that I studied was fascinating, is fascinating. I still learn about it in my free time. Um, i kind of specialized in ancient cave art and religion, mythology, stories, all of the thing I'm still doing today. Um, I just studied them tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of years ago, and and still love that world. But sometime during the pandemic where everybody had these massive shifts in their life, I realized that I wanted to shift into something else, or at the very least, take some time before I committed to those next eight years of school and decades of learning in life to see what else I enjoyed doing and what else I could see myself doing. And I'm really thankful that I did because it's a really big commitment. And I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a little bit of time before you make a big commitment like that. And now I've found myself in this totally different world of – business owners and entrepreneurship and different kinds of writing than I ever did back in school. And I'm I'm really thankful that I did because I'm really loving what I'm doing now. I
0: love how you said you took the time. I think that sometimes, I mean, I know that's a luxury for a lot of people, but even some of us that have that luxury don't utilize that or we don't take advantage of it because we're always pushing ahead, checking the boxes. So it's so important that you spoke into that. And I'm really glad that you did take that time. So let's talk about that pivot. Talk about the pivot and tell us about maybe how you were stuck and what are some of the things that you did to transition from academia into I am a business owner now. There's a lot of things that come with that change. I mean, maybe even a little bit of imposter syndrome, you know, resistance to starting something that's so so new and so out of your wheelhouse. I know, at least for me, when I when I've changed, those are things that have really kind of come into play in my own journey. So talk about those and maybe what took place, but how you kept going to keep chasing your dream.
1: Definitely. It, it, it can be real. It's scary for everybody. Anybody that says when they went through a massive change in their life and it wasn't scary, I'm like, there's no way. It is. It is scary. It's scary. It's confusing. And all of these different things come into play. Imposter syndrome, analysis, paralysis, um, indecision, um, regret, like the whole gambit of emotions. For me... I was in a unique situation because this big pivot happened during a time where everything kind of froze. Like if we can think back to early 2020 or mid 2020, when we were all still figuring out what this new world, what the current world was going to look like, time felt a little weird. Um, Thinking back on it feels weird because I was still in school. I was still trying to get my degree, but there was all of this time to think. and and reflect and that's where i really came to it is i had the time to think and reflect and make decisions for my life and for my future that corresponded with the things i really wanted to be doing and what i was really focused on at the time was wanting freedom to travel and earn money in different ways, earn money in the ways that I wanted to, do the kind of work that I wanted to be doing, and be making all of those decisions for myself. When when you come out of school, I think everybody can relate to this, there's kind of these weird moments where you're like, oh, I'm really in control of my own life and my own day in a really unique way that you don't get for that first section of your life. And then you come out of it and you're like, oh, I can do anything that I want. And that ultimate freedom can be a little scary sometimes. And you can also have that when you make a big transition later in life, when your kids move out, when you change jobs and you're like, oh, I've been doing what somebody else has been telling me to do and I've been following a path for a really, really long time. And then you shift out of that and you have this ultimate freedom That's a really cool space. It's okay that it's kind of scary. There's a lot of opportunity that can come from that. And that's the place that I found myself in and that allowed me to then shift into this place where I'm running my own business. I'm in control of the way of where that business goes. It's, it's all kind of on me and that can be scary and overwhelming sometimes too, but it's really cool. A lot of the time.
0: And those transitions, there's a, a space in those transitions where It just opens up creativity it opens up possibilities that you never would have even considered you know had there not been a pandemic or had you not just taken a moment to say maybe academia and this research is not where i want to be and we allow ourselves that time and space to be playful and create which allowed you or led you to this business idea so i think that's so amazing that you took that creative space and you took it to something completely different. You're still doing what you love, you know, anthropology and storytelling and everything else. It's just manifesting in a different way. So I love that. That's just so, such a great story. All <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about storytelling because that is what you are here Mental for. Stories. We are so excited because even me, I am, I struggle with writing. I have learned to get better, but. It has been a process and so anything we can glean from your wisdom today is just so helpful and no matter where you are in your journey, but a lot of the, the people that maybe aren't used to expressing themselves, or not used to storytelling or maybe they don't even understand the power of it and why it's even important because so many people in this world think my story doesn't matter, I don't have anything to say and that just breaks my heart because everybody has a story and it matters. So just talk about why it's important, first of all.
1: Yeah, I think it's important on so many different levels. It's it's important on an individual level because I think it's incredibly cathartic and, and healthy to share your stories. Um, you know, we're in a time in the world where mental health is a really important conversation. And I feel like we're becoming more comfortable talking about it in a really like open and vulnerable way. So the the benefits of seeing a therapist or a mental health professional and having those kind of conversations working on your communication skills with your loved ones and your partners and being able to talk about really vulnerable stuff in a in a safe and comfortable environment is incredibly healthy for your mind and for your state of being and i think writing and sharing your stories kind of goes hand in hand with that at least it feels that way for me and it feels that way for a lot of the people i work with because a lot of times, these are stories that have been in people's minds for a really long time. And they have either felt like they couldn't share them for kind of a few different reasons. One can be the story that you say to yourself where you say, I'm bad at writing. When somebody says to me, I'm bad at writing and that's why I need to work with you. I'm like, why do you think you're bad at writing? Who told you you're bad at writing? Are you judging it off of how you did in middle school and high school or even college? Like, that's not that's that's you're in school and you're writing a paper on to kill a mockingbird and maybe you got a bad grade on it but that doesn't mean you're bad at writing and writing as an adult and as a business owner and as like an individual human is really different than writing in school as part of an assignment so i the first myth i try to like disprove is people who say i'm bad at writing because i just don't believe it i think writing is a really intricate skill and something you can work on and figure out ways to write better and write differently and find your own voice for writing. But I don't think that anybody is just, I'm bad at writing period. I I just, I just don't believe in
0: that. It's like a muscle. You have to work it. And, and again, I, I probably fell in that camp. I didn't think I was a good writer and I resisted it for the longest time. And when you open a business and you have to create content for a blog or for your social media post and you want it to be authentic and not just, you know, generic or, you know, like I call it soulless, kind of like stock photography. When you don't want your writing to look like stock photography, you really do have to put some of yourself into it. Uh, one of the things that I've often heard in business is that people don't buy products. Instead, they buy stories. Because when people become emotionally invested in your brand, they are more than willing to buy can you just speak into that um, about how we can start to share our stories and our brand?
1: Definitely. And and I thank you because we spoke the other day and you reminded me of that quote, which is, I I love, and I was trying to hunt it down and figure out where it originated. I feel like it's just kind of like into the the common mind at this point, but it's a great line and it's true. Like when you, when you buy something when you sign up for a service you're, you're signing up to work with that person to work with their story to work with their voice to work with their perspective so that is that is true and when people are trying to figure out what stories they want to share and what message they want to put out in the world I, I think it requires some introspection so i say like go inwards first and think about those big moments, think about the impactful stories that you have. Think about the stories that you share to your kids or to your best friend when they're feeling low and you want to inspire them. Or think about the way that you talk about your life or your business to your closest friends when you're not trying to sell, when you're not trying to pitch, when you're not trying to you know, include all these service offerings, when you're just being yourself and when you're being really authentic. Think about those kind of stories and then think about how you can tweak those to be more marketable. And to connect with more people and you know one of the things i always talk about whenever i'm on a podcast or whenever i'm writing for my audience on linkedin is about authenticity and i really think people can sense when you're not being real like you said when it's just stock photography so you have the opportunity to be real and be authentic and dig deep and share those important stories and the first step is just figuring out what it is you want to say and trying out a couple different stories and getting some feedback on what hits and what doesn't and you know it's not going to be perfect right off the bat and that's okay because you're building your story as you're telling it so you just got to start somewhere and start with those impactful moments start with those stories that you think as those pivotal moments in your life, because you know your life better than anyone else, think back and think about those pivotal moments and then find ways to share that in a way that makes you feel heard, makes you feel comfortable, but that you know will land and will connect the people that are reading what you write. Okay,
0: so we start by telling our stories. I love that. I actually had a business coach or one of my mentors tell me once to start a collection of 10 stories. She said, just have a folder on Google Drive, start writing 10, she's a speaker, And all that. So, you know, you need to incorporate story into whether you're public speaking, maybe on social media, uh, whatever. And she said, just open up a Google Drive and start a folder and start collecting your stories. And she challenged all of us in her coaching group to have 10 stories from our life to be able to weave into our brand as part of building that personal brand. So. And, and that's exactly what you're saying. Okay. So now Definitely. we may have convinced people that stories are important. They need to <laughs> write awesome. and it is important. So maybe we've transformed a few people and brought them over to our, our camp. Now, how do we do this? So, okay. I am ready to write. I'll maybe do those stories on Google drive. Where do I start?
1: But where, where do you start? Like what are the first words you put on paper? That's always the hardest part is you go to write out a story, whether it's gonna be a LinkedIn post or a book, and you're staring at a white piece of paper and there's nothing there and it's all up here or out there and you don't know how to actually get it started. So the first word is always gonna be the hardest. There's nothing you can do about that. What I say is don't necessarily start with the first sentence that's actually gonna be the first sentence. Maybe start in the middle. Or start at the end. Start with what you want to leave people with. Like there's no rules. There's no set path for how it has to work. Do it based on how your brain works. I sometimes work with people who like me are very visual and I like to do something called idea mapping, which is when do it offline. Doesn't have to be on the computer, get a piece of paper, go old school and just write a word in the middle, write the word. What is this all going to be about? And then start drawing lines from it, go into the past, go into the future, go into your own mind, go into a past experience with somebody else, map it out, however makes sense in your own mind. That's got to be the first place, because once you have the idea out there and out of your mind, out of the ether. And you can actually like look at it and touch it and play with it and figure out like what it even is. That's going to make eventually starting the actual writing process so much easier because like you said earlier, writing is a muscle. It's a part of our brain. And if you don't do it often going from idea into perfect sentence, into perfect paragraph, into perfect everything book is really not realistic. And it's better to actually meet the idea with however it exists in your mind. If it's, a place that you're thinking of and if it's a place that was an impactful moment if you can go back to that place and take a photo of it and hang it up on your wall connect with the parts of your story that are real and tangible and that connect with you don't worry about the words first just worry about the idea and like what you're talking about i i think that's a really good i love that
0: go back go back to your take a when i think of maybe taking a picture i think of bringing in the five senses and you know really what it felt like to be in that moment and and that's so powerful maybe you could speak into how we could use that to kind of maybe we've got our ideas and now we need to write <laughs> so what do yeah, we do now We need
1: to write. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, again it depends on the story you're writing you mentioned the five senses um that's a really good place to start depending on the kind of story you're telling. And for me, a lot of the work I end up doing with people is around emotional writing. It can be talking about business too, but it's getting rid of that old myth that business and emotion or business and personal life have to be separate because when you're a business owner, your business is your personal life and your personal life is your business and it's all intrinsically tied together. So getting emotional and getting real, can be a really powerful way to connect with your readers and to feel like you're, what you're writing is for your business, but it's also for yourself. So tying in the five senses, tying in memories, Um, Get kind of into maybe like nonlinear writing like this isn't an academic paper, what it isn't what I spent so many years writing where it's you're starting with your introduction and then you're going into your supporting evidence and blah, 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 and you're ending with conclusion. It doesn't have to be formatted in any way that doesn't make sense to your mind. So you really have the power to write it however you want. I'll go back to like when you're staring at that piece of paper, because there are probably people listening that are saying, all right, you still haven't told me how I'm actually supposed to start writing. And I hate to say it, you just got to do it. You write out a sentence, and if you end up deleting it by the final draft, then you end up deleting it. It's not a big deal. But at least have something out there. The first draft of anything is always going to be the hardest, because you don't even know what it is. So I would urge you to kind of turn your mind off a little bit. That's why doing the idea mapping is so valuable first, because that way when you're actually going in to start writing, you don't have to be thinking as much. You have the idea map on your paper next to you. You can see what you're talking about. And then just start writing. Start writing as if you were speaking. If you want to use a dictation software, Mm -hmm. go for it. And just talk at your computer. Um, If you're the kind of person that feels like you can better communicate it when you're speaking rather than having to type. If you want to write it out long form, one of my favorite authors, uh, Neil Gaiman, a, a man who inspires me to write every day. When I get down at the end of the night to do my personal writing, I always read a little bit of one of his books first because it just gets me in the mindset to go and write for myself. He says, that the first draft is always going to be the hardest. And the purpose of the second draft is to make it look like you knew what you were doing the entire time. So don't worry if you don't know what you're doing in the first draft, just get it out there and then you can reread it, you can revisit it and you can figure out what you're trying to say, but you don't have to know it all when you first get started with that blank piece of paper. It's okay, you will figure it out as you go.
0: And, And that's exactly right. You talked about just how the momentum is messy. And you have to be able to just lean in a little bit into that messiness and trust that process. Uh, You mentioned different ways of writing. And I personally am one of those people, even with my blog posts, I hand write them out because I I am from a different generation than you, but I have a hard time just staring at a blank screen. My fingers won't move, but I, and I know some other people are, want to talk and, you know, then they can transcribe it. So. Find what works for you. And I love that you kind of shared some different ways because I think a lot of times we think of the writer at the computer just typing away. And while that is one way to do it, it is not the only way and you have to do what works for you.
1: Definitely. And they're, they're, take advantage of the technology we have nowadays, like use the dictation software. It gets it right a lot of the time. And that can sometimes make your words feel more like your words and that you aren't stuck in that kind of formality of, of typing along. And if you can just get the words on there any way that you can, that's the best. And that's the only way to really get. Started. And that's
0: what, I, that's the best piece of advice I ever got was I write it and then I read it and I have it transcribed because I don't want to sit there and type it all out again, but it's, it's, it's the way my random brain works. And, and I know other people have exactly. their own ways, so you'll find what works for you. You just have to keep showing up every day and doing it.
1: Definitely. Definitely. It's building a habit, strengthening that muscle, it's figuring it out. Um, and then the next step, once you actually get something written out, it's then moving into refining mm. it. And I think the first step is get a little bit of feedback, get a little bit of feedback from somebody that you trust and that you love and that you feel like you can be, again, like going back to vulnerability, that you feel like you can trust with your words, especially if you're a little bit nervous about sharing them on something like LinkedIn or your blog, where it's literally out there for anybody on the planet with internet access to see, share it with somebody offline first, share it with your your partner or one of your kids or your best friend or your sibling, um, just to see what it feels like to have somebody else reading your inner thoughts. Um, You know, I used to have my parents read, like, basically every paper I wrote. And I wasn't having them read it so that they could help me with it or or edit it or, or fix it or anything like that. I was having them read it because I felt proud and I enjoyed what I wrote and I enjoyed what I said. And I wanted them to read what I wrote. I wanted them to read my thoughts and and hear and understand what I was saying. And that was the best way I knew how to communicate. We could talk about it, but having them read something I wrote, something that I worked on and, and practiced felt different. So it always made me really happy to have them read something that I wrote. And I think when you get used to kind of sharing your words, that's something that can then bring you joy as well.
0: I agree. And it gets easier as you share it, it gets easier and And I think possibly because we're not from the letter writing generation where we're just not used to that. And just that simple step of sharing it with your kids or your family allows you to start feeling comfortable having those words sharing again. Okay. So now that we're sharing, let's talk about editing because that is like Uh another 800 pound gorilla on our back. We, you know, the world has changed probably a little bit on what, you know, do you write like you talk? Do you is it more formal, less formal? And then with that, there's the dreaded typos. There's just so much to unpack there. <laughs> Guide us with the editing process. Yeah.
1: Definitely. It's, it's a whole separate thing in some ways. And editing your own work can also be very, very tricky. That's why outside editors exist. Um, you know, kind of right off the bat, something that everybody could literally download right now is, is Grammarly it's free there is a paid version which is not that much and it kind of gives you a little bit more and gives you more suggestions it's a great program there are loads of other ones out there there are big hefty professional editing softwares that will catch more and will kind of pay a little bit more attention but for catching typos in your emails and linkedin posts there is no reason that everybody shouldn't have grammarly running in the background you can have it in a plugin on your web browser you can just have it downloaded on your computer and it will literally run in the background and it will give you that red under line when you misspelled definitely and you accidentally wrote defiantly that is one of my most common errors to this day i still misspell it and grammarly catches it so i don't have to worry about it because when you're not thinking when you're just writing the writing will flow better so download grammarly and have it running seriously when you want to get into more like really why not When you want to get into more, like, heavy editing and actually, like, reading, you know, Grammarly's not going to read your words back to you and say, this was a little ambiguous or this, you know, might not connect as well. Those are kind of things for you to figure out for yourself. Um, So what I say is after you've written out your first draft or maybe you've even done some light editing to get it to your second draft, make some changes. Change up the font. Change up the color. And then try to read it as if you're reading it for the first time. And if you just found this piece of writing on the subway or saw it on a random blog or saw it on a LinkedIn post, what would you think of it? What would you derive from it? What would you want them to have said differently? Like, ask yourself those questions as if you weren't the one that wrote it. Um, And I find that, for me, doing those little things like changing up the font, changing up the color, changing up the spacing, it, it breaks it up from your mind a little bit better and it lets you kind of read it as if it's the first time you're reading it and then if you want to go really in depth and really look line for line paragraph for paragraph read it backwards Mm -hmm. start with your last sentence read it then read the second to last and read every single one like that because if you're still nervous that you didn't catch somebody that will catch that will catch it those will catch the errors because you're reading so slowly and you're reading every sentence as if it exists on its own Um, those are the best ways I know how to edit and to get people feeling more comfortable with their own
0: Thank you for elaborating on that reading it backwards. I've heard that before and I was like, I don't under, I just couldn't, but the go sentence by sentence backwards just gives so much clarity to that that tip that I've heard before, but I'm like, I don't, I just don't understand to read every single word backwards yeah. just does not make sense.
1: <laughs> sentences, sentences, not words. You could be paragraph to paragraph, you know, that can be helpful if you're doing kind of like a higher level edit. If you're trying to see how the paragraphs flow together, read the last paragraph, then read the second to last and really kind of like look at each paragraph on their own. But sentence to sentence is the way to go if you want to catch errors and if you want to make sure that there's, consistency in your writing that's something that's really important and that's something I work with people a lot on is when I'm writing for others making sure that there's consistency making sure that we're using the same kinds of words and writing things out in the same way because it provides a consistent voice and even if it's something that you might not notice at a conscious level I think subconsciously when we're reading something we can tell when it feels scattered and having it be consistent and have a a rhythmic flow to it is really important for creating not just like relevant writing, but enjoyable, enjoyable writing.
0: Okay. You've given us so much to sit back and ponder and to grow with, but I also know there's a lot of people that are still just thinking I need, I need to work with this guy. I might need to find out more because you do write blog posts for people and you actually help people with their writing. And that is an investment a lot of business owners are willing to make because they don't want to, or they don't have the time. So talk about all of your amazing services and how you can help people tell their stories and how people can work with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of what we've been talking about is almost stuff I would do in one of my writing coaching programs where I'll actually work side by side with someone and help them write for themselves and that can be really powerful work because i'm not they're not you know dishing it out to me and i'm not writing for them i'm helping them write for themselves there are people out there that don't want to take the time to write themselves or know that their time would be better spent doing something else and that they want just the ease of communicating their ideas to me and having me write it out for them and that is like the cornerstone of my business and i really love doing it it produces really cool results so So my services that I ghostwrite for are a bit more long form. I don't really do website copy or advertisements or anything shorter form like that. That tends to be a bit more copywriting, a bit more sales writing. Um, And there are people that really, really excel in that. And like what I've been talking about this whole time, I like getting into the emotion. I like having a little bit more room to run. So I specialize in creating long form content for people, blogs, articles, and Mm. books, And the way that process kind of goes is we start off with a really um, open and friendly conversation where you get to know me. I get to know you. Tell me some of your stories. Tell me what we're talking about. Tell me why you're wanting to talk about it. Where's your business at? Where's your life at? What are the goals? What do you want to look back on five or 10 years and see that you've created out of this? And then we go into a bit of a deep dive where it's a bit more kind of interview question and answer. I might ask you to write out a few writing samples on your own, even if it's a little scary, even if it's not something that's ever going to go into the final product that we create. It's really helpful for me to hear your voice and read your writing because so much of what I do when I'm writing for somebody else is they're not outsourcing the writing to me. They're not having my book written by Adam Kurofsky. It's still your book. It's still your words. So a big part of my job is listening to you and getting to know you as a person and getting to know your writing and your speaking style because the ultimate goal of anything that I create for you should be to have you read it and Mm -hmm. feel like it's your words. That means that I did my job.
0: I love that. And I love that you have the power to do that. That is a gift. And I'm so glad that you're using that to help other people learn to share their stories. Okay, we've shared... Go it's ahead. Really we had...
1: No, no, it's really special and it's really fun to be able to
0: do We have shared so much with our audience. So for the listener who's driving in their car or who is just thinking, that's great, but I need that one small step to get started. How could we give them one tactical and practical step they could take this week to start building some momentum in their own writing?
1: Something that works for me and I think will work for a lot of other people is especially when you're running a business and you probably have a family and you have hobbies and you have other commitments and you have all this craziness going around in your life, it can be really hard to find the time to take something like to write for yourself or to tell your own story. So schedule it in, treat yourself like Mm -hmm. a client and say, OK, this isn't optional. This isn't if I squeeze it in between binge watching my favorite TV show and putting my kids to bed. This is something that's in my schedule and that I then have to do. And if you schedule it in enough times, it'll become habit. Do it at whatever time makes sense for you. If you don't want to do it during the day, I have in my calendar, my writing schedule is from 10:15 to 11:15 at night, I write for myself. Every hour, every night, every day of the week, that's my personal writing time. If I have something else going on, I'll maybe move it to a different time. But I have to treat myself as a client. And I think that's what a lot of people can relate to because you know the commitment to your work. You know the commitment to your clients and those people that you work with. And if you treat yourself with that same level of intentionality and respect, you will start to create results for yourself. So pick a day of the week and schedule it in an hour block of writing or an hour block of dictation and practice telling your story. And then you'll strengthen that muscle and you'll be able to do it easier and easier.
0: That, that's right. If you schedule it, it'll get done. And you, you, you just nailed it right there because that, that's what we have to do. At the end of the day, we have to roll our sleeves up and do the work. We can't wave a magic wand and all of a sudden the words come out (laughs) of our head. So (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly. Don't don't dive into the whole AI oh. and chat GPT and stuff like that. Let's talk about, about real writing and about writing for yourself. Because again, going back to what I was talking about, vulnerability, authenticity, and the catharsis that can happen when you share your story, that's the result that you want to get. It's not just getting words onto a paper piece of paper. It's about sharing your story. That's why I do what I do. That's what I say that I help people with. It's not just writing words. It's telling a story. I
0: love that. Okay. So let's tell everyone where they can find you.
1: Definitely. Yeah. LinkedIn is probably the easiest. Feel free to to hop on there and shoot me a connection request. Let me know where you heard my name and where you found me. And I'd love to set up a time to chat. You can also check out some of my stuff on my website, which is askrights.com. And I know the links to everything will be in the show notes. Uh,
0: yes, but- we will have everything linked because we want to make sure that you have the chance to connect with Adam and figure out how you can work with him, You know, whether it's telling your own story or having him do some work for you. Okay. Before we say goodbye, I always like to ask one last question because we always want to leave our guests inspired. So Adam, I want you to tell us what inspires you.
1: So what inspires me to do this kind of work, to continue doing this kind of work, is those moments, whether it's during one of our deep dive calls or when it's reviewing um, the work that I've been writing with a client, it's those moments of genuine connection where I feel like I've connected to them as a person, they've connected to me, and we've unearthed their story that's a really awesome moment and it's like genuine inspiration and joy and catharsis from sharing their work those little moments make the struggle (laughs) of running your own business and all of the hard stuff that comes along with it so a billion times worth it because it's really really fun and why shouldn't we all get the chance to have fun and have joy with the things that we're doing for work so those little moments that I get to have with a client those like genuine moments of connection absolutely continue to inspire me to go forward and, and keep doing this kind of work and connecting with more and, more and I'm sure that
0: inspires them too to see their story out into the world or out on a piece of paper and having that coach the person that they invested in Get them there. Like, there's just something to be said for having that guide because it will help you do something that you just may not be able to do because you're too close to it. You know, you haven't processed it. So yay
1: for sure i know it does i'm excited
0: that you were able to share all this thank you so much for coming adam we've really enjoyed having you here today
1: thank you for the opportunity this was such an awesome conversation i just so appreciate it well to
0: learn more about adam and how he helps empower businesses just like yours to put themselves out there click on all the links in the show notes we would both love to hear how this message inspired you today please hit the link in the show notes and send us a quick message to let us know we can't wait to hear from you and remember wherever you are in your life or your business today don't stay stuck keep going and be brave thank you so much for hanging out with us today if you were educated empowered or inspired please follow and leave a review and share this episode with a friend I want to help you get unstuck in life and business so you can build the life of your dreams the first step on that journey is learning to calm the chaos and make space for what matters Get my secret weapon for finding time in your busy life to make good things happen. Just click on the link in the show notes and grab my simple strategies to overcome overwhelm and take back your life. And until next time, remember, don't get stuck, keep going, and be brave.